Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. The order of February 11, 1949 was changed the name of Project Sign to Project Grudge and not directed any change in the opening policy of the project. It had, in fact, pointed out that the project was to continue to investigate and evaluate reports of sightings of unidentified flying objects. In doing this, standard intelligence procedures would be used. That's an excerpt from the report on unidentified flying objects by Edward <laughs> J. Rupel. I've said it so many times, I can't say it anymore. And here's Dr. Bill again. We're going chapter by chapter to chapter let everyone know. <laughs> we will said. get through this book. We will, we will grind through this book. Well, we're going to do a couple cool. chapters at a time. Yeah, it's not working out like that. Yeah. Um, so, Bill, what's new? So we do... Uh... Uh, what's new in UFO news? Yes, let's do what's new. Let's. I think that's a good okay. segment to start out with. Um, you know, um, I do want to mention that, you know, that we're going to have some delays getting these. Or you'll probably notice there were some delays getting our episodes uploaded. Um, yeah. Our uh, well, we sh- executive producer was having some difficulty moving from... Um, we won't go into detail. Moving uh, <laughs> from, um, as you would say, a little personal. Um, moving from uh, the Washington area into Texas. So um, hopefully that we'll get these uh, up in short order. Um, but you know that's that's the happening of the of the day. Well, so, you realize that that we are now. Um... This is like the third episode that that hasn't gone up. So they'll before anybody gets to this one, they'll have had to listen to two episodes, and then we go. Yeah. There's a delay. Yeah, there may not be oh. a delay by the time it gets to this one. So yeah. they saw the yeah. other ones. Well, when you had the delay from the others, this is what happened. This so. is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and Bob this will have. This might be timely. And Bob will have good stories to tell in the future. Yes, and uh, you know Robert does stand up, so we're hoping that um, uh, if you ever you ever watch Kill Tony, if you get an opportunity, to watch Kill Tony. It's like a little panel, and they bring up, they draw numbers like they do regular comedy clubs, and but they've got people like Joe Rogan and some other Tony. I, I don't want to misstate his last name. I think it's Hinchcliffe, but that might be a F one driver. So I don't know. Um, so. Um, yeah, so you go up and you talk for a minute, and then they might, you know, chat you up a little bit. So we're hoping to see him on Kill Tony. That's probably a little bit ahead of what he's going to be doing, but um, oh, that's you know, that's that's in um, that's in well, Austin. Down that's there. in Austin where he's. Oh wow! So this is an opportunity we'll might actually be able to see him like online or something. Yeah, you'll see him on. Yeah, you'll see him on. Uh, oh, cool. If he gets that, he'll we'll be able to see him online on streaming. Yeah. I have, so, I'd like to see that. I'm glad he's able to, you know, make the time to put our episodes up, and in between doing his comedy bit and his, he and he has real work as well. So and moving, uh, which is always a pain. Yeah, it always is, especially now. Um, so we're talking about the Dark Ages. We're up to it, big chapter. Hey, we made it to five. Yeah. Hey, we only have um, twelve more. Yeah. So. So actually, let's do a little little news. One yeah. is, uh, did you get news. the UFO model? Not yet. Oh, you haven't bought it. It's going to be like July, June, July, June sixteenth. Oh, you bought it though. You, yeah. It's in the mail. 
It's in the mail. I don't know. I haven't checked on tracking yet. I probably, they probably ripped uh, me off like they did that book. Did I tell you about the book that I really got? Did, yeah. Did you get your money back? Yes. Well, I don't know. It's not my account yet, but they sent a note. They'll be refunding me. But the Yeah, you'll get it back. It's um, Amazon. You'll get it back. It's animal ESP for animals. Well, that's um, excellent. It's excellent. Uh, and they said, go ahead and keep it. I don't know how they mistook that. They must have just put it in the wrong box. You know, meant to some, my book probably went to somebody else. Like, Holy shit, a $70 yeah. book for like $4. Yeah. <laughs> well, Send this back. <laughs> these places are, these these businesses, these used book dis- businesses have been consolidated in strange ways. Some of them, I think, are warehouses, and some of them are, are networks of small bookstores. So it, weird stuff does happen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it happens. I've had I've had strange things happen with um, with shipping. I actually ordered a a book that was fairly pricey and it got damaged. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was like twenty thirty bucks. And it, this is not a UFO book. And it got uh, water damaged, even though it had been wrapped um, fairly well. Water got in it, damaged the book. What they do have a and, flood? <laughs> uh, it's Florida. I mean, it's it's if. Um, you get these downpours. You got rain Yeah, it was sitting out somewhere, and you know, at the post office, or or the rain got in the truck or something. And the, I mean, they gave me a they gave me a refund. I mean, it's like cool. So, and I found another copy cheaper, but yeah, it's not. It happens. Weird stuff happens. Oh, uh, let's let's do UF. O news or UAP news. There was after I'm looking at the text that I've been sending you. A really good interview with um, Elizondo. Yeah, I saw you um, sent me that. I didn't get to, I didn't get a chance to open it up. Oh, ch- but, check uh, it. Out. It's a, it's a extremely good. Is he letting out um, anything this time, or is it just kind of um, is it Lou? He's, is it is it <laughs> Lou Lewis or Lou Lou Lou? Lou we well, you know if you're if you're UFO Garage, it's you know, and it's your neighbor. It's Lou, I think. Lou, okay. And um, you know, we'll call him Lou. So he did a he did a great um, interview with the Washington Washington Post. It was excellent. I mean, it's I think it's the best interview that he he's done. The reporter asked really good questions. It's worth checking out. You should watch it. You should watch it too, Doug. Well, the um, thing is, did it. he it's, give it's, up anything, or is it kind of no. like? Is this better? The than... only the only thing that he added, which is interesting, because I also sent you, I think I sent it to you this. No, I didn't. I didn't send it to you. I didn't bother to send it to you. So one of the things that's happening in a lot of the press right now is the requested report is coming out to the Congress on the 25th. So it'll be here in a week. And I guess I'm assuming that we will go over it or or multiple oh, times you should yes. you should go over it with me and other people too yes, to solicit opinions. And that report's coming out and it's been leaked of course by anonymous. This <laughs> person anonymous. Anon- yes. Anonymous leaked anonymous leaked Miss, it to Mr. Um, anonymous leaked it. Mr. Anonymous from the Pentagon or whoever from the intelligence agency. He's all over the place. Yeah. And he he um he or she or whatever, we don't want to assume, we don't want to insult. That's right. He, um, he uh, uh, they, um, said that uh, 
they they it is not aliens, but then it might be also it might be aliens. So they were very definitive in that it may or may not be aliens. Let me ask this, Bill: Is it nineteen forty nine? Again. Yes, it's 1949. <laughs> and then because um, the Roswell crash could be aliens or it could be a balloon. We're not quite yeah. sure. Well, I went, I went nuts and I bought more UFO books. Okay. So I lost my mind and bought more. He keeps sending uh, me these books. Here's a new book. Here's a new book. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, I, I'm like six books behind. <laughs> you're behind. Get your reading done. You're behind. You're, you're behind. <laughs> some of us have you're to, the, some of us are really uni- retired. <laughs> you're getting the university experience get your so work done de- deal with it uh, there, there will be a lot of reading there's a reason um, i don't like school and this is one of them <laughs> well you're in it now <laughs> i mean ufo school is more interesting than the school yeah than I <laughs> so uh lewis lou elizondo gave a great interview the reporter did a great job uh, one of the things that's coming out in the press is they're saying, well, it's not a, it's aliens or it's not aliens. And they're really pushing to say it's the Russians or the Chinese that are doing these, these sightings off the coast. Yeah, and I Lewis, would believe Lou, that. Yeah, Louis, Lou Elizondo said in the Washington Post uh, interview that he did, he says, well, it definitely cannot be the Chinese because this is the same thing that um, people were seeing in the 50s. And China was not this technologically advanced now potentially they could be developing craft at that level but not in the 50s definitely not in the 50s but and today, a lot of reports today we can do i mean they're going to the moon they can't do a drone um of course uh, we went to the moon too on you know technology yeah. that's uh you know not as good did as we, our did cell phone did we did go we, to the moon we go? <laughs> joe rogan used to believe that there was not actually that's one of the first things i yeah, he's yeah. just saying it. He he didn't believe that we went to the moon, and he he changed his mind. But I watched. I remember watching one of his episodes and going, "What? What? what? And then I I have all this old uh, NASA stuff that I, I books and things from the '60s, like the Life magazines and some of the books and stuff. So I, I I'm pulling those out, and I'm looking at the photos, going, "They were saying this, and they're this." And I'm looking at the these old uh, NASA photos and stuff, and I was like, "No, no, that's bullshit. That's not true. We did go to the moon." Well, remember Joe Rogan changed his mind because now he's oh, he Spotify, did. Spotify only. Now, yeah, he did. He's, he's yeah. not allowed to. To you know, to be, to, be to, controversial. To be that controversial against the government no. because you he know has to be. he changed from he has to be more mainstream now because he's, be he's a Spotify guy. I just I listened to it, uh, going off the subject for a minute. He interviewed. I know we're, I know you're a big I know you're not a big you may not be a big Clint Eastwood fan but you're I know we're all Clint Eastwood fans. Who, who, me? He, yeah. We're all Clint Eastwood fans. And uh, his son Scott Eastwood uh, Rogan interviewed him not too long ago. Check it out on I know it's a big plug for Rogan. He needs it from us, right? Uh, yeah. The, uh, I, saw, I saw some movie but, with Scott Eastwood. I don't remember yeah, which one it was. Yeah, it was one of the oh, it was one of the Marvel movies or which it, I don't know. It, I'll, it I'll look one, it up. I'll it was it with up. Kurt Russell. It was and I, it was interesting to see him and Kurt Russell in the movie, and um, you know it's just uh, it it was a good Scott East was like a whole down home regular guy like he's a regular guy like us it's crazy and he's well, like I think Clint, talking I think about Clint his East, dad you know I think Clint Eastwood was a down a regular guy yeah. too well he was from where we you remember he's from the yeah. same area we were down in the yeah. San Francisco he, he Bay up. area. 
Yep, he grew up out there. It wasn't uh, somebody's mom went to high school with him? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. my ex's friend's mom, mom pulled out the yearbook one day and went, holy shit, there's Clint Eastwood. He didn't even change it. just like never changed. He doesn't have a stage he, name. He, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then the speculation: Did she? Did she? Or didn't she? All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. So yeah, that's Scott Eastwood, and you know, um, just watched uh, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner in. I can't remember the name of it. I just watched it's um, a ser- short series, and boy, they she has not aged well. Remember *Romancing the Stone*? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, dude. It, I'll, Think of the name of this as we go along. She hasn't aged hey, well. Hey, we we have, have have any of us aged well? No, well, some but of us it's particularly not well. I'm Kathleen. I'm sorry. I know you'll never listen to this. But, oh, you know, oh. Holy crap! But you know, of course, Michael Douglas is like his dad. He looks yeah. better. He like yeah. almost looks better. He's got this yeah. gray hair, but it's kind of long. And it, I asked my wife, "Hey, maybe I should grow my hair long." Well, it's not gray, but I go, man, I'm going to grow up, get that, you know, he's got that Kirk Douglas, almost that Kirk Douglas, same hairdo, but it's longer. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, and I started watching 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea last night because I just had to see Kirk again. Oh, but, yeah, the old one. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I look at Michael Douglas, I said, yeah, my hair, I think I'll do my hair like that. And she just looks at me and goes, won't be the same for you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that's true. He's a, you know, oh. handsome devil even at at that age. But you look at him, and you look true. at Kathleen, and you're kind of like, oh shit. Well, well sorry, some women Kathleen. actually, <laughs> some women actually carry it off really well. There's that, um, oh, that woman that married um, that rock star in the Cars. Um, yeah. She's in her fifties, and she looks awesome. It's, I mean, it's tough. A lot of women. I mean, p- different people. Well, I don't know how old they got to be older than fifty. She's got to be in her sixties, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the way I it mean, goes. It's tough. We all we get all we all change. I mean, um, you know, look at my first wife. I mean, yeah. Yes. Don't 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 go there. Okay, we won't um, talk about that. I, was at, I went to when my kid was younger. I took him to uh, Comic Con in uh, Tampa or Orlando or someplace. And there was a bunch of the Star Trek people from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, and um, the woman that was on it, Crosby, the blonde woman. Oh, she was uh, Bing Crosby's daughter, I think. And she was there, and she she had she was, you know, showing her age when she was there yeah. doing autographs and stuff. So um, that the autograph thing was actually pretty sad, because I went over like, oh, they got the the Star Trek people doing autographs. My kid doesn't care. He didn't know who it was. Yeah. And nope. so we walked over there and it's like nobody there. Oh, and who was it? It was, uh, there was uh, Riker. Oh, you're kidding. Uh, there was Q. Um, there was, um, uh, is it Denise Crosby, who was in like the first season and then she left and they killed her off because she thought she'd have yeah. a good career. Yeah, she came then back was later. A, yeah, they they reincarnated yeah. reincarnated her as a Romulan or something. I I still haven't seen all those episodes. I need to do that. And um, there was a fourth person that I don't remember, but there was nobody getting autographs. And this is a big con- convention because they, they were like fifty bucks an autograph 
So it's like, I, I, I just looked at this. I go, this is insane. And nobody's even it's there. Like, no one there. There was no one there. And then uh, the guy that played uh, Picard uh, was supposed to be at this convention, and he bailed. So I think he was the only smart one. But yeah, I went over there, and it's like I'm just like looking at this, and it's like I'm there with my kid. It's like there's nobody there, and it's because nobody wanted to spend fifty bucks to to get an autograph with these people. Was it in a convention, one of the Star Trek conventions? Big. It was a big comic comic book convention. Uh, Oh, you're kidding! Oh my God, it was just it was sad, and I'm like, oh, you know, and it's like it's like it was just it was just sad. They they just don't know. They they had no good business sense. What you do is you sell the photos. And you give the autographs for free. So you sell the photos for five or ten bucks each. So you go up there, you buy, there's four of them there. You buy, they don't have any business sense. I, I, at one point, they probably did great selling $50 autographs. Um, but no, no, they didn't know what they were doing. There was nobody there. And I'm like, and I'm looking at the guy that played Q and I'm going, God, you know, I've, I, w- I, w- I would really like to just go up and talk to them. Um, but yeah. I just like, no, I'm not, I'm not. It was just too sad. And they were just, just standing like, there just... with on a table, we're sitting there at a table and just nobody's. Yeah. They're all sitting at their own table and there was nobody there. How are they looking? I mean, how they, how have they aged? That's just, we were uh, talking um, about how people have aged. Well, Denise Crosby was showing her age, which was shocking because I had such a crush on her. When yeah, she's hot. Shows. Oh, she's hot. And yeah, she was very hot. So I was, I was a little, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, oh. And she wasn't bad looking, but it's like, oh, my God. It's like we all age. And then, um, but Riker and Q, I mean, they all looked older. They looked, they looked okay. And I can't remember who the the fourth person might have been Data. Oh, it's Prince Spider. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. You know, when I talk about people, you know, I didn't, I haven't aged that well either. I don't, I don't want to dirt any of my family members. It's not yeah. like I'm looking like GQ. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. So I'm like, oh I'm yeah, it doesn't look. You know, people don't look as good as they. Yeah, and neither do I. So uh, no. I no, wish I did at do. this age. But uh, yeah, I don't want to dirt anybody because I'm not doing much better myself. Brent um, Spider's done well with his career. I've, I've liked some of the stuff he's done. Yeah, he has done. He really, he, he really did well after Star Trek. I mean, he's yeah. he's really talented, and he was able to break out of that. It's more difficult because they get typecast somewhat, um, tightly, tightly typecast. Too. Yeah, you know. So I mean, if you look at Shatner, you know, he did. Like T.J. Hooker, and <laughs> he was able to. I'm gonna be a star somewhere. I don't care if people think of me as Captain Kirk or not. Shatner you is know? a machine. He's yeah. a machine. I love oh, that yeah. guy. I just, I, yeah. I, you know, um, they did that. Did you ever see his uh, show with? He did the um, Better Late Than Never. He did with no, uh, Henry no. Winkler. You have to look it up. They okay. they traveled the world. With Henry Winkler and uh, there's like two or three other celebrities. Um, I can't remember where they are now. Yeah, this is getting old sucks. So, um, you know, it's uh, it was so I could, when we when Steve and I saw him um, at the Mondavi Center, we walked through and you got you can't shake hands because you know, uh, can't but touch him. No can't touch him. touch him. But we got our picture. Yeah, you saw the picture and no I got touching. To, I, you touched I got him. To in touch the picture. William you touched Shatner. Him. You I'm sure he's him. like this freak is putting his hand on me, but I had to do it. I he, put, sprayed, you know, we, he, he sprayed the spot. He probably he probably sent it out for dry cleaning after I did that. Right after I left yep. the room, 
But, uh, you know, I said, oh, I really love Better Great Than Ever. And he turned around and went, well, th-. And it's like that just classic, well, 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 thank, well thank you. you. Well, thank you. <laughs> just like that. And I'm like, well, that was so badass. Steve was like, did Steve, you talk to me. William Chandler <laughs> talked to me. And holy shit, Steve, Steve wasn't impressed. I'm like, oh, dude, that's like one of the, that's one of the highlights of my life. You know, I remember growing up, it's like, you know, you were a Spock guy. It's kind of funny. I tell the story to everybody. You know, you were kind of a Spock guy. I was a Shatner guy. You know, I used well, I had a, uh, I, I had a photograph because yes. me and my sister wrote to, I you did probably too. did too. You t- after you, with, I do everything after you, you're like, eh, I'll do it too. We got pictures. And uh, I mean, no, we were little guys. And I was, the Spock was, my sister always does, my sister. Uh, And it's like, she, it's disappeared now because I I was like, I I was like, this is mine. She goes, no, it's mine. I go, yours was Shatner. And I said, no, mine was Spock. She goes, no. So she got the, she got the picture, but I had that thing for years and I don't know where it is now. I mean, it's gone. So, but yeah, I had that old picture of Spock signed, you know, one of those old studio pictures they used to send out. The fans, yeah. So. I got one of Shatner. I you wish still have it or no? Yeah, no. you got yeah. yours still. No, my sister. It was around for years, and I was gonna. I was at my mom's house, and I was gonna take it. And my sister was like, "No, that's mine." Oh, oh. I go, "No, I'm pretty sure it's mine." She goes, "No, it's mine." Okay, oh, should have had her call me. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I had fine. Shatner's, and he had his hand. You know, he's posing. He him. And, yeah, and I touched him. So yeah, I had the Shatner picture, but you know, my dad was you know, went through a couple of marriages, and I'm sure it got absconded by somebody. Um, uh, and moving things get moved. tossed. Well, you know, we yeah. came home one day, and all of our stuff was sitting on the front lawn, and <laughs> I don't think the Shatner picture was in it. Well, when I was a kid, we moved, and the uh, the guys that moved us, there was like a there was a pile of stuff that was supposed to go to the dump, and then there was a pile of stuff that was supposed to go to the Uh-oh. new house. Oh, guess what they brought <laughs> yeah, to the they house? The dump stuff, and then they yeah. threw away the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So oh, we're like wow. unpacking stuff, and we're going, "What's going on?" So yeah, some really bright bulbs. Unfortunate, sort of. Uh, that was a moving catastrophe. Um, don't pack your garbage in boxes because <laughs> the moving guys can't tell the difference. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's moving just sucks, you know? Yeah. So other UFO news, let's see what else. Elizondo gave a great, uh, great interview. Then there was the video of the, um, retired fighter pilot that was debunking the debunking videos. Yes. Those were, yeah, I sent you one of those. I got to yeah. go back and look at all those. That guy was great. And this guy, because there's a, a guy named West, it might be Michael West, that has been debunking the, um, like the gimbal video and these other videos. Right. And this guy is a um, retired fighter pilot, and he does a great job of explaining the uh, instrumentation and the plane and the relationship between the object and um, you know just brilliant just absolutely brilliant you're in you're in fighter fighter flight school for his videos and he really seems to know what he's talking about and he's what? saying those three videos that melon had released from um, that un- anonymously 
released right. from the Pentagon. This guy is saying they look legit. And apparently he's going to do one on the triangle video coming up. So we'll see what he says. But um, now there was the English guy. Was that the, the good? That, I listened the, to all the English. Of he's been debunking them. And then there's a guy, another guy named Thunderfoot that has been debunking them. And I've looked at their videos and they're perfectly reasonable in their critique. But this guy comes in and he knows the, the instrument, the imaging instrument, and he knows the fighter craft, the aircraft. Right. Because he's a retired uh, F-16 pilot, Viper pilot. Right. And he, um, he knows the equipment. He knows how everything works. And he does a complete rundown on uh, an analysis, at least of the gimbal video. Right. And he's saying that it's, it's not what they're saying that it's the flare from a exhaust of an engine and he, he goes into detail. So he's done he's done like four debunking debunking the debunking videos. Uh, oh, that really okay. worth looking at. What is his let me get his name and bring it up. Oh come on. My phone is very slow. Uh, he is uh, Chris Leto. Uh, C H R I S L-E-H-T-O, and he's done um, he's done a series of, of very clear, good analysis of, of uh, what's going on with these videos that were released by Mellon, who's working with Luis Elizondo uh, from, the, from the Pentagon about these UAPs. And these, um, so it's, uh, thinking back about it, so you look at these videos, like the triangle video is just bogus, right? It's just the, you know, the stars are square and the plane is square and, you know, go, oh, look, it's a triangle thing. No, that's that's just an out-of-focus night vision goggle. These ones, when Mellon had them, uh, when released them from the Pentagon, which he talked about and said he's the one who, who leaked them from the Pentagon at the 60 Minutes episode, he's saying, um, well, when you think about it, because these videos are at the Pentagon and they... You know, they have people like this guy that look at the videos, they know the instrument, they know the planes, and they go, we can't explain this. And this is what Mellon did. He says, we had those videos, and they released them. They said, we can't explain it. And then you had the people like West and Thunderfoot, which are good, they're very good, came out and debunk them and did a great job explaining it. But then this retired fighter pilot comes back and reanalyzes the, these videos and debunks the debunk and says, no, their analysis, while good, uh, doesn't explain these videos and it's not a this one is not jet exhaust and he says the other one's not a bird and I got to go back and look at all his videos a bird not very fast moving bird right well one of them it's they say you can see the moving of the wings and it's it's only like two or three meters across which this guy Chris Leto agrees with so I got to go look at his videos and see how he, he a, a I looked three at meter, it I realized that a three meter bird is fairly large <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, two to three. I'd be more to concerned three. about what the fuck, <laughs> what bird that is. <laughs> an albatross. Gets, an albatross is pretty big. Fucking pterodactyl. The, yeah, but the, this guy does a good analysis of these, so it explains why these videos, why Mellon released these videos, because they had looked at them, the Pentagon experts had looked at them and said, "We don't know what's going on with these videos," and this fighter pilot explains these videos in terms from the reflection of somebody who knows the plane, who knows the instrument, and knows that, you know, it's not a bird, it's not, you know, jet exhaust, 
or whatever. So I, I would say go look at these. I need to look at these videos again, too. And, is I this think the, the, I, I need to look at TikTok videos. videos, or is this something else? Is I think he talks about TikTok, too. He's done like three or four. I, they're worth the, you should look at all oh, of them. Me, I need to go back and look at all of them. TikTok, not TikTok. TikTok. And one of the things on the, the Elizondo video for um, in the Washington Post, or not just that, but they released it on um, Twitter, is they were releasing documents from the 50s where they were describing um, things that look like a lozenge. Lozenge. Lozenge, yes. Lozenge. So he's saying that we've been seeing tic-tac-type craft since the 1950s. And in the book, the Ruppelt book, which we're slowly, slowly, slowly <laughs> getting through. The, um, we always um, get there's sidetracked. One, yeah, we, we never get sidetracked. One of the, uh, let's, let's, let's disparage people more yeah. in our show. Yeah. Um, and one of the things is, in this book, is that they one only, of the I, mean, I just want to tell you as long as I disparage myself along with everybody else it's still okay yes, right yes yes okay. we're not we're, we're not we don't we're not being mean to be mean <laughs> we're, just, we're just yeah being mean um there is a description in this book that described a um, object as a donut without a hole in the Ruppelt book so let's see if I can find it. Donut without a hole, so it's just circle. It's circular. It looks sideways. And, sideways. Do you look at a donut sideways? Yes. How do you from the side? Yes. And I guess if you pivot it, so the guy that and that's a tic tac. Well, a yeah. tic tac and a donut without a hole would be a little bit different. Well, but look at a donut from the side. Yes. Yeah, it looks like and it could look like a look like a tic tac, and then yeah. if you rotate it slightly. So if the guy, you know, yeah. So it looked like a donut without a hole. So from the side, it would look like a Tic Tac. So, and Makes I noticed sense. that before. Let's see, donut. I'm searching donut. Well, that makes sense because I was, the, I was no like, where are these Tic Tacs coming from? Because that seems to be a recent. So if it's a UFO, circular UFO on its side, but as they filmed that, tic-tac from the f-16 it never really became not a tic-tac it was always a tic-tac you know what i mean it didn't turn it didn't yeah, it's turn. it's a lesson so if it rolls it still looks like a tic-tac but it never but i'm rolled. looking at this um this is an f-86 second pilot this is in the first chapter uh it was definitely round and flat saucer shaped okay so it was a saucer shape it says it like a donut without a hole so So not a tic tac, so that's on me. Oh well. But yeah. yeah, well, but he had actually. There's some documents, and I think I I sent them to you, or I texted them to you, where there was descriptions of sort of lozenge shaped things. Right. And then some of the other Twitter. This was on Twitter, and then some of the other comments on Twitter is that these had been seen in um, books that had been published in like the 80s. People were talking about seeing reporting. These are documents that had been released through Freedom of Information Act, um, and Elizondo had posted some of them. Post, I guess they posted the news report posted the wrong ones, and then on Twitter they posted the right ones. So anyway, so he's saying they've been seeing Tic Tac like objects since the fifties. But that are we surmising that that's a saucer on its side? 
Are we, are we thinking uh, that? No, no, I think they're saying they're saying a lozenge. They're saying it's not a saucer on its side. I was looking at the donut description as if it was like a tic tac, but going back and looking, no, nah, it's it's the saucer on its side. But since he called it a donut without a hole, I'm thinking maybe it's a fat saucer. Fat saucer, so, yeah. No. I haven't had a donut in a while now. I'm thinking I need a donut. You know. Oh, I used to. Um, I was getting them from the grocery store for a while, and I had to stop. Getting a box, I had to stop. Because I'll, I'll eat, I'll eat, the, the, I'll eat half the box. Put it in your studio there, just gotta read yeah. and eat. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I'll eat half the box. They don't have, but by the way, they, how, what's the pot law? In, uh, not to get off. The track. What's the uh, pot law in Florida? It's, it's interesting because it's, um, um, I, they have the stores. Dispensaries, I, yeah. So you can go yeah, buy it. I mean, you don't have to have a doctor's. Yeah, I think it might be medical related. So you have to go to you know some doctor and doctor go. Do you suffer from X, Y, or Z? And you go, Yes, I do. And they go, Here's your prescription. Uh, so I think that's where it's at in. Um, Florida. Well, so you don't was, need to. You can't just. You can't just walk in there and buy pot. I don't know. I haven't tried. There is a. The, I'll, I'll, I can ask. I'll ask the can hip you young generation. In, can you grow it in Florida, or is it still? I don't know. Here? I don't know what the law is. A, I was a, talking to a guy um, Thursday, and he was uh, the guy was wearing a tan, a tan tactical pants and a black T-shirt that said security. And I just I ran into him at the grocery store, and I'm, I'm uh, was in line with him, and I'm like, "Where do you Where do you work?" And he worked. <laughs> He works security at, um, he's yeah. armed security at a pot store, at a pot farm. farm. Apparently there's a, there's a giant pot farm out here. And he was saying, um, he just got off the, um, he, he just had been, he had the night shift. So he was working the graveyard shift and he just got off and he said, uh, um, he says one of the things they're not allowed to pick anything up when they're walking around. Right. They're, they're whatever he says. You, anything on the ground, you're not allowed to pick anything up. But he says they've gone from three shipments a week to now they're shipping the the pot farm is shipping five shipments a week. He says they're doing huge business. So I don't know. He was like, I goes, I'm gonna. I goes, oh, he told me what to invest in. He goes, you, if you're interested, you should invest in this. It wasn't centile, was it? No, it was, the, uh, he was saying to, he, penny was, stock is killing me. <laughs> he, he was saying it was, I want to say high tides. He was saying it's a, a stores or a distributor or something. He yeah. said he was going to, he was going to, he was going to invest in it because uh, the, the shipment, he says, they're just going, the shipments of just three days a week to five days a week. He says it's booming. He says their business is booming. Deb and I were last week, we were, we were just curious, you know, so they have the dispensary. They have a chain. I forget the name of it, but they have a chain of dispensaries, and you can just we you can just walk in there and then in California, yeah, and yeah. buy pot or plants. They got like clones or seedlings. There's different, I don't yeah, know, whatever. Huh. And uh, you can like grow your own pot, or you know, I think it's fascinating that you know people can actually. I can't grow beer or vodka, but I can grow pot if I was so inclined. I've I've, you know? I've brewed beer. I've brewed beer. Yeah, but it's uh -huh. still yeah. It's a process. It's a it's a process. It, it's well, so is growing dope. You know what I mean? If you were to grow, because you have to set. You if you're gonna do it year round, you're gonna have to do it with 
you it's know, hydroponics or something. Whatever yeah. they do it, I don't know. I'm not a pot person that much, but um, they. I just find it fascinating that you can just walk into a store, and then I was kind of talking to the clerk, and he's like talking about it's just like all the different kinds, and its packaging is professional. You know, it's not this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what Here. I mean? From Here. Have a bag. as we've seen in the old days. Um, but well, yeah, you want a lid? You know, yeah. uh, but it's well, like. It, in my old weird. neighborhood, you'd you'd find those little tiny plastic bags all over the place. My old where I used to live. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. It's just bizarre to me that you can. It's been like it used to be. If you get pulled over, and you have pot on you, man, you're going in. And now it's kind of like well, it's in a store. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's. It, but what's sad is that it's taken decades to get to this point and at the federal the guy was telling me at the security guy was telling me he goes it's he goes it's still illegal federal yes federally it says it's still illegal yeah they can't bank i think they're just fixing that now but they couldn't bank at a regular bank it's cash only yeah and this oh, place wow. yeah it's cash only and this place they just he was telling me yeah we just got because you don't if you don't have a bank you ain't getting an atm or not well no they had an atm there but they also had a credit card machine finally and um, okay. I was like, dude, you can't, because that kind of prohibits some, some, I mean, you know, some of your clientele, but I'll just throw it on a credit card, you know, it might be, get more business. Yeah. But um, not a lot of people carry, I'm not a big, I don't carry a lot of cash around with me. I, I have, I don't carry cash anymore. I have a little, I had a little bit, which my kid has taken from me, of course. Sure. That's what um, they do. That's what they do. Yeah. But, uh, um, I had cash in my wallet. I hadn't spent it for ages. And we just, I mean, the kid comes around and goes, I need, you know, five bucks. Now here, I need some money here. And so I, I think I have a couple bucks left, but I'm all plastic now. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, like, I don't need cash. It's easier that way because you can tell them I don't have any cash. So <laughs> go get a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got a job. He's yeah, got a good go job. Get, spend your own money. You know, there's an ATM down at wherever. Yeah, uh, I mean, he just he needs a couple bucks here and there. If he doesn't have the cash. It's not yeah, it's whatever we do. Yeah. So like, um, he, it's like it's like last two times he's like, I just need five bucks. Like, yeah, he's my, mine aren't at home anymore, so they don't have to. They don't get to come. Yeah, well, they, I used to say you're going to get sunburned palms coming to me with a handout, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I gave it up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, that's mean. You know. Um, all right, we better start Dark Ages. Uh, you got so about 22 for, minutes oh, oh, okay. Hey, that's yeah, it. so... Um, <laughs> grudge. The Dark Ages is grudge, and... Um, Don't you find it fascinating that grudge is like the worst of the... And they called it grudge. It just seems like a bad, you know... Well, to, well Rupelt, actually, at some point in his book, says... Um, People would ask me, he'd ask him about that. They'd say, would you say that the name was on purpose? And he would always give, you know, no comment or a noncommittal answer. But, yeah, he felt that it was an on-purpose uh, designation for the project. And Project Grudge was to um, discourage and diminish the whole UFO thing because the Air Force felt it was getting out of control. Um, he says that... Uh, he goes, standard intelligent procedures were no longer being used by Project Grudge. 
everything was being evaluated on the premise that UFOs couldn't exist. No matter what you see or hear, don't believe it. Um, let's see, what else has he got here? Oh, and then they had, uh, he says, this Saturday Evening Post article came out April and May. And... Yeah, so the Saturday Evening Post articles were actually very positive. Um, and then, which I can tell you, I got them here. Well, they turned, Bill. didn't they turn, weren't they a grudge thing where they tried well, to make, in the end, they said it felt like you shouldn't be even believing in UFOs. They kind of, isn't it that one? Well, well, they did, but so the, the Air Force had decided, because they talked about this before, they had these two different... Um, groups in the Air Force, had believers and non-believers. Um, and then these Saturday Evening Post. Now, Saturday, there was three, from what I could tell in the 1950s, this is 1949, these two articles, Saturday, Saturday Evening Post articles came out. And in that time, there was three major, I think there was three major magazines. And each one of these magazines had um, would sell 150,000, as far as I can tell, 150,000 copies every time they issued, sent out an issue. So the Saturday Evening Post came out every Saturday. Uh, there was Look Magazine that came out every two weeks, and 150,000. And then there was Life Magazine, which came out every week, which was 150,000. And then there was True Magazine, which I can't remember which. I think True was a monthly and sold 150000 So depending on, you know, everybody doesn't get all these magazines. So you're hitting um, you know, half a million people approximately, and more than one person would read a magazine. So whole families would read these things, and they'd be in barbershops. They used to be big with magazines. Go. Okay, yeah, you sound, you're still garbled, but as long as it's good on your side. Yeah, it seems fine. Um, okay, so yeah, so um, he talks about when Project Grudge was coming out, they, the Saturday Evening Post, which has, um, should I come back and talk about the uh, number of subscriptions that all these magazines have in the 1950s? Yeah. So in the 1950s, you had, um, we didn't have the internet didn't have a lot of television, so it was mostly radio, newspapers, and magazines. And a big magazine at the time was the Saturday Evening Post, which had a prescription, a prescription, a subscriptions of about 150,000 per issue. You also had Look Magazine, which came out every two weeks, which had 150,000 per issue. And then you had Life Magazine that came out every um, week, which sold about 150,000 per issue. And then you had magazines like True Magazine, a lot of magazines that were just monthlies. And True Magazine, which we've talked about before, uh, had a uh, would sell 150,000 issues per magazine. So uh, when Project Grudge had been started, one of the things that happened is the Saturday Evening Post came out with a couple articles on April 30th, 1949. They came out with an article that said, what... You Can Believe About Flying Saucers, Part 1. And then on May 7th, they came out with What You Can Believe About Flying Saucers, Conclusion. And it's been a while since I read these. Um, 
I say uh, the baffling thing about the reports was that although some of the later ones obviously came from hoaxes and publicity seekers, others were coming in from persons whose standing in society was respectable. Army officers assigned to scientific projects, sane and sober commercial airline pilots, Air Force test pilots and intelligence officers, police officers and deputy sheriffs, businessmen, astronomers, and weather observers had incidents to describe. So they talked about balloons, they talk about uh, Hynek, they talk about, um, he says, however illogical and absurd the notion of unexplained objects soaring over our America might sound, however absurd objects, unexplained objects soaring over America might sound, the Air Force could not afford to close its mind arbitrarily to the possibility that something new might be in the skies. So these two articles gave a very positive sort of bent to um, what was going on with flying saucers. It wasn't the what we'd later on see where it talked about the walk back on most articles where they they would do the reversal in the one third. They'd talk about the incident and then they would, you know, it was the um, magic trick, which the Roberts report was saying that this is how they should, should report it. You show people the hoax or you show them the trick, and then you explain the trick afterwards. Yeah. I After mean, these articles, what's that? Life was Life Life Magazine. I mean, they, eight, Grudge tried to debunk through Life Magazine, right? Wasn't that the whole deal? I mean, they said, they laid out the whole thing, then you felt stupid at the end for even reading it. That well, was, that was, uh, I think that was, the big articles that did that was the uh, Look Magazines. Look, yeah. That was the, yeah, it was the truth. The truth about flying saucers, and that was in 1952. After these uh, Saturday Evening Post came out, magazine articles came out. The uh, Air Force sent off a long, uh, uh, gave a long and detailed press release, completely debunking UFOs. But this had no effect. It only seemed to add to the confusion. Um, the one thing that Shallot's articles accomplished was to plant a seed of doubt in many people's minds. And Shallot was the author of the uh, Washington yeah. evening, Saturday Evening Post articles. Yeah. So the Look it, magazines, what's that? It accomplished just the opposite, though. It created more interest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and we've seen that over and over again. It's like, so this has been going on for 70 years. And Elizondo, when he talked, was talking about TikTok, he was saying, yeah, this has been going on for... 70 years they saw tiktoks in the 50s and uh tic-tac tic-tacs tiktok tic-tacs you've been watching tiktok <laughs> yeah um so around this time too is the true article by uh donald kehoe came out you know saying that flying sauce is real um so they had the so Project Grudge had a standard uh, plan at the ATEC, and that was to have a general officer hold a short press conference, flash his stars, and speak the magic words: hoaxes, yeah. hallucinations, and misidentification of known objects. Yes. And their their hopes was that True Kehoe and the rest will go broke trying to peddle their magazines. Um. And yeah. then Project Grudge was closed out, and they had a five hundred. A 600-page report. Uh, so, and that's the one where I was talking about where <clears throat> nobody read the report, but the reporters went to the the appendix 
and said, you know, 23% of the, the reportings can't be explained. Right. So, so it had just the opposite of what, uh, what the Air Force was expecting. Wow. And so the reporters are going, wait a minute, what about these other ones? So. Yeah, so they, but there's there? some that, yeah, I'm kind of digesting that because I was reading the same thing. But the 23% is like, well, we don't know what this, you know, and so everybody reading is saying, well, you know, what, so what are those? You know, I mean, you guys have done all these investigations, so why, why can't you figure out what these are? And, and that's huge. That's huge. 20, 23, one quarter, one in four is, is uh, unknown. So um, they just, they just managed to, uh, oh yeah. And then the reporters just didn't believe, they didn't believe the report. They just thought that the grudge report was a poor attempt to put out a fake report full of misleading information to cover up the real story. Um, kind of was, others, was, wasn't it? I mean, well, it wasn't, what, they just didn't, they, they didn't misreport. They just didn't report. They didn't do a good job of investigating like, in the, yeah, they well, did. but what he was saying is that that was the way Grudge was designed to yeah, have they, a negative outcome. Well, that's why we don't trust the government in this respect, and we think it's better now because oh, we'll let it now. We can the gun. How did the new Tic Tac um, gun camera yeah. things get the, the the military released those right, or were they leaked? I mean, they acknowledge they're real, but did, were they leaked or did the military go, okay, now we're going to start talking about it? Was this, you're talking about the grudge report? The new, or the, uh, the new Tic Tac F-16. The new Tic Tac, to, the new Tic Tac of... video was leaked by Mellon, Chris Mellon. Yeah. Who's working with Luis Elizondo. And he admitted on the 60 Minutes uh, report that just came out a few weeks ago that, um, that he was the one that leaked the videos from the Pentagon. He was the leaker. Okay, I just was trying to get a relationship between what happened back in the 40s versus what's happening today, which there's a big bridge in between there, of course. But, you know, with the government stand, but it was leaked. So, but then the government's like, yes, we're allowed, now we're allowing uh, pilots to. Uh, report these things without any retribution to them, like pulling their flight status and things. Yeah, so. and that's uh, well, yeah. The um, the the big fear, as we we've, we've seen before, the big fear in the fifties was pilots were reluctant, well, reluctant to report the stuff yeah, because mean, it could affect the flight status. Yeah, I didn't mean to bump you off track. I was just trying to relate what was happening then because they're grudge was basically just trying to debunk i mean basically they're just saying that they don't want people to believe in this and this is what this was the fear and back then is that you know we believe what the government's telling us yet we don't yeah yeah well and the 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 big issue was that the, especially is the newspaper reporters didn't believe this report and they thought it was just a big put on by the air force so that they made so the air force by doing a bad job with project grudge um made made it worse so yeah. by trying to by trying to discourage the whole ufo issue that's true and it's just that 
you know, that we rolled out a grudge. I mean, we roll out a grudge. We have the grudge report and they, you know, laid that out. And then what was that that happened that they got through to a general and they decided that maybe grudge wasn't the, wasn't the thing. Um, later on, um, a, you know, it, an Air Force general or something got a hold of it and realized that Grudge wasn't really reporting what we thought was going to be, you know, realistic, you know, or realize that it was a cover up and that not really a cover up, but they weren't really investigating UFOs like he felt that they should be. So, you know, this is Rupelt. Yeah, this is still yeah. it's right at the it's right at the end of the chapter where it's starting to wrap up. So yeah, it's and that that led to um, you know, whatever happened that the um, the Kehoe articles came out. Right. Um, and they scooped all the other magazines. The Kehoe articles yeah, did. Yeah, because Kehoe this was like Kehoe's life was to report on this stuff. Um, and then there was uh, some different reports the way they're talking about there was a uh, mid-continental dc3 um let's see what do they say odd things full colonel from military intelligence had been on this dc3 who had also seen the ufos right and uh so they're still getting reports still getting very solid reports with very solid witnesses and this is, uh, um, this is like, I'm talking about chapter seven, the Pentagon rumbles. And right. then the, um, you know, they had the Washington Post articles came out that were positive for UFOs. And then they had the Look Magazine's articles that came out in 1952. And one of them was uh, the truth about flying saucers. And this was Donald A. Menzel, who was the, the astrophysicist from Harvard. And he was saying it's all um, atmospheric effects. And, um, you know, he goes on to, he says everything is an optical phenomenon. And then the second article in, in um, Look Magazine in July 1, 1952, is The Hunt for Flying Saucers. Now, this, this article is actually pretty cool because it has a, a diagram that lays out a bunch of flying saucer sightings and a lot of them there's a whole cluster around like los alamos and there's a mini cluster i think where they're doing bomb testing and stuff so that had um sort of scared people and they're talking about that now elizondo was talking about it where they they're saying um and many people have talked about this because this has been i think fairly well documented where these flying saucers or whatever they are, have been over nuclear facilities and have affected the um, electronics at the facility, shutting it down or even activating um, things at these nuclear uh, missile sites. I think they shot a missile down at some point. They, you know, they showed. Yeah. And um, they thought it was a, it wasn't really a nuclear. It was a test missile, but I think it's like the thing thought that it was something else. It was nuclear. And oh, when did this when did this happen? Yeah, I, can't, I don't have the the date. But, have to look at yeah. So, um, but yeah, they were getting uh, even then. So the um, 
this other look article, I think is more of a, um, positive article than a previous one, but they say, say they mentioned General Vandenberg, who added the Air Force greatly appreciates the effort of many sincere and public-spirited individuals who have offered their assistance. Um, and then they're throwing out the question of the, um, are the saucers spycraft? So the whole idea is, is what they're saying now is like with the UOPs, are they um, sp spying on um, ships, ships and facilities. And, yeah, and maybe. Now I believe that they probably could. I mean, I don't necessarily think the th the drone deal that happened off the coast of California was necessarily UFOs. I mean, it was probably... But yeah. how, again, how are they powered for so long, so far offshore? I mean, that's a tech well, that we just don't know about. You know? There is a... Well, there was that, just that one that happened in... Was it Arizona? Yeah. where a drone outran two police helicopters yeah and uh went to fifteen thousand feet so the um and there is a company that makes drones that have gas powered engines so those are light long flight duration drones yeah you so got you enough gas yeah yeah so there there there's a company that makes drones that have long duration and probably could do pretty good. I don't know if it can do 15,000 feet, but somebody is is flying, at least in Arizona, where this happened, is flying a really sophisticated high-tech drone. And it may just be, could be hobbyist. I don't think it's this technology's there. So a hobbyist has built something super duper, well, uh, but I don't gonna, know what's happening off the coast. It's not going to go higher. Than, if it's gas powered, it's not going higher than 15,000 feet anyway, because there's no oxygen to make well, the engine a, breathe. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so it's um, you know it I, maybe it's gas powered. More, I more likely it's you know the battery tech now is, you know better than I. The battery tech these uh, days you, is crazy. You know, could be yeah. battery powered. Getting better and better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, they're big enough. What did they say? They were six feet. Some what were they? Some of them like six feet wide. They were fairly large. Yep. Those drones. So they could put a lot of a you know good sized batteries and engine configuration the tech is unbelievable now it's yep. you can do you can do almost anything and you know yeah they're probably they might be spy drones i still say they should have shot one down and then brought it in and I, looked at it you know yeah I'm a, I'm a believer in shoot it down and figure it out um, yeah i mean I know so, that's, that's harsh but you know, I yeah. just I think they made a mistake by kind of looking at these things and allowing it's like at some point you're like, OK, you're in a, you're basically attacking an American warship. OK, if anybody squawks about it, it's not like we accidentally like we did shot down a jetliner, which, yes, we were stupid. But, you know, uh, and it was human error, but it's kind of like this isn't necessarily it's like, OK, somebody on one of these ships goes, OK, without shooting one of the other ships knock this thing down let's and retrieve it let's try to especially the one that's sitting over the flight deck of their helicopter pad yeah, you know, yeah shoot this thing and then, you, you know but you know we probably pieces. would have, we probably would have shot it down it would have bounced off the helicopter pad flew in the water and then we couldn't get it you yeah. know it's, yeah, it's yeah i mean it's one of those things where if you shoot it down is it going to float it's probably sick probably well, not that didn't work too well it's just sunk to the bottom now and uh, but i think somehow um, we need to take action and um, try to figure out what's going on. 
I mean, it's it's a little well. Well, I think crazy. that's a, that's a big part of what um, Elizondo is talking about. Is that this is and the Pentagon apparently is starting to take this seriously. So because they've opened up their their investigation, their their new 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 project Blue Book, right? Uh, to to look at these and are encouraging people to report that at least the the pilots and stuff to report incidents without fear of you know retribution. So in closing, we're going to we're going to kind of wrap it up a little bit. The, in the Grudge report, the evaluation of reports of identified, it was concluded. I should preclude. It was concluded that in this statement about Grudge report, evaluation of reports of unidentified flying objects constitute no direct threat to the national security of the United States. Reports of unidentified flying objects are the result of a mild form of mass hysteria or war nerves. Individuals who fabricate such reports to uh, perpetrate a hoax or seek publicity, psychological persons, or misidentification of various conventional objects. And we should kind of close up by stating that the general was upset about this whole thing, and that's how it kind of wrapped up, right, in Project Grudge. He threw the book on the desk and said, you know, this is ridiculous. And, um, you know, that that's how we kind of are going to move forward, you know, rolling into the next chapters, right? Into the next level? The next level. The new project. The, the new project. Grudge, which I guess we'll cover again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so... We will, we, we will continue. So coming up, we've got... We're going to have Flat Earth. We call her Flat Earth Girl. Um, she's, uh, uh, subscribes to the, uh, theory of flat earth and I'm interested to see how that's going to work. So we're looking forward to that. Thanks Bill for joining us. Yep. Thank Th you. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the alien probe podcast. We welcome your comments or questions to alien probe podcast at gmail.com. Visit us, visit us on Facebook at the Alien Probe Podcast. Our website is alienprobe.net. Twitter and Instagram at Alien Probe Pod. Find us on all podcast platforms. And now catch us on YouTube. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony, and Dr. Bill. Thank you. All right.